Okay, so we're continuing uh, the Yerucha program from the Beis Havad, and this is the second share of this week. And this week's topic was called is called Mishpatei Hamamayin. And in the last year, we talked about the concept of Hamoitzi Mechaver Lavaraya, the idea that a person's money is his money until proven differently, and um, and it has to be proven with Adam. Raya, if you want to extract money from someone, you have to bring a Raya, a strong proof, which means Adam. And we said that this concept, the Gemara says, number one, is a Svara, it's a logic, that your money belongs to you, and if someone else wants to take it away from you, he has to... The Gemara's Lashon was that the person who has the pain, he's the one who goes to the doctor. It's his achrayas to go to the doctor. So the same thing over here, the Gemara says, that if you want to take money away from someone, you have to come with a solid case. Now, this is even, or the concept of muhsuk, I'm the one holding on to it, we said is even if, you know something? You might turn that off. I remember now. We, we're used to the sound. When you hear the recording, you sound like, I sound like I'm in a wind tunnel. Um, and I, I, so I apologize to the first recording that we didn't turn off the filter. Now, okay. It's like quiet now, you know. So you don't realize how much noise that thing makes. So um, thank you, Herschel. So, um, so this concept of the is so strong is even if it's the other person has a tainas bari, we said, and I'm a tainas shema, still that's not enough. It's even if it is against a roiv, a majority, still So, So in the last year, we established how strong this rule of is, or the concept of muhsuk. If I'm holding on to my money, for you to schlep it out of me, you need to really bring aid in. Today we're going to talk about some exceptions to that rule. Some exceptions to Hamoitze Mechaver Lovaraya. As strong as we made it last time, however, Chazal brought in some, uh, some exceptions to it. So the first thing we're going to look at is on page number 12 in the book. And this is the Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch in Simen Yud Bey's Siv Vav. And he says like this, the Shulchan Aruch says, Someone who has money that he is a muhsuk, he's holding on to it, and someone else is claiming it from him. He's not allowed to look for ways to slip out of it. In order that the other person should see, oh, it's not so simple, and he'll say, you know, let's compromise. And the rest, he will, he will be Moichalim. The Ramah says, if a person does this, He's not Yoytze his Chiyav Midei Shemayim. Now the first thing we have to remember before we even explain this, and we've talked about this in different shiurim over the years, in Dinim of Chayshem Mishpat, a few summers we did Halachas of Chayshem Mishpat, between Mincha and Mariv, and that is the Halachas of Chayshem Mishpat, um, monetary laws in the Torah differ from any type of civil monetary laws. And what is the main difference? The main difference is that we believe that there's a Rabbani Shalom in the world. So a Rabbani Shalom in the world. And therefore, 
Bezdin only has a certain amount of power. And they might be even restricted in many different things. So I might really, let's say, be owed money. I really, truthfully, am owed money. But Bezdin, for whatever reason, is not able to get it for me. So I have to believe, Bemuna Shlema, that if I'm supposed to get that money, Hashem is going to find a way for me to get that money. That's the difference. There's always a, 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 a safety net called Hashem. So Bezdin only has so much power. After that, you're in the world of Hashem. So we always have to remember that. You're in the world of Hashem. There's the concept of Shamayim. There's a concept of my obligation towards Hashem and Hashem taking care of me. It goes both ways. If I'm on the losing side of something and really I rightfully deserve it, so either Hashem will get it to me or Hashem is telling me that for some other reason He doesn't want me to have this money, even though maybe in this case I truthfully deserve it. Maybe there's another reason I'm not supposed to get it. It'll be a kapara. So we, we say, should be a kapara. should be a kapara. That's the concept that there's a safety net that if I'm on the losing end of something, right, I have to remember there's a Rabbi in this world. And especially if the other side was not being honest about it. And again, Bezdin is, doesn't deal with Ruach HaKadosh. They don't deal with Nevoah. They only deal with the facts on hand. And if someone wants to be a swindler and play the system, it is possible, right? So if I'm on the losing side of someone who swindled or cheated or beat the system, right? So again, I have to believe that there's a Rabbi in this world. And either he'll get me the money some other way, or I'm not supposed to have the money, right? So that's the first thing on the person who's losing it. On the other end is a person who's truly obligated to pay money. And that's what this Shulchan Aruch is talking about. I know I owe the guy the money. I know I'm supposed to pay him. But I also know that I'm a muhsak. And I also know that if I start sticking around in Bezdin and start playing Tainas, you know, and he also knows how he's going to get scared and say, wait, if I let this go, maybe Bezdin's going to say, and I don't have an Edim. So you know what? I'll make a compromise. So me, the person who truly knows I owe the money, I played the system, Right? So you say, okay, I won. I walk out of Bezdin. I won. No, you didn't win. Because there's Shemayim involved here. You have an obligation not only to your friend who you owe the money to, that obligation has to do with your relationship with Hashem as well. And you have a of Lotzei Yisidei Shemayim. So the, another difference between secular civil law and Torah law is that it doesn't end with the Bezdin. It doesn't end with the Bezdin. There are situations where I have to know that I am not only being Yoytzei Machiyov in the Bezdin, I'm Yoytzei Machiyov Tashem. So that's what the Shulchan Aruch says. If someone is claiming money from someone who is a Muxuk, he is an Osir. He's not allowed to look for ways to play the system to get out of it so that the other side should come to Apshara and be Michael. And the Ramah says, and if a person is over Vaasa, ain't a Yaitse de Shabayim. You're not Yaitse Yerchi And you know what? Hashem has his ways. If you don't, not Yaitse Yerchi Shabayim, Hashem has his ways of taking the money. Again, we're back to Hashem. There's Hashem in the world. And that's the difference between when we deal. So now, there's a concept in Bezdin called a Toyin. A Toyin is basically a lawyer. That's what he is. Now sometimes a Toyin is a lawyer to help you with your halachic tainas. And sometimes 
Tayanim are like lawyers. What does a lawyer do? A lawyer is there to beat the system. That's what he's there. Whether you're the one getting the money or you're, the, you're on the offense or the defense, it doesn't mean the lawyer is there to find knaches to get your side to win. It doesn't really make a difference who's right or wrong. You ask a lawyer. He doesn't really care if he's right or wrong. His job is, if you're the defense, his job is to defend you, no matter what it is. If you're on the other side, that's his job. His job is to win. Toyanim, unfortunately, the concept exists the same thing. So a Toyan could come to Bezdin and find all type of loopholes and things to do that to get you out of it so Bezdin should say you're putter. You're not really putter when you walk out. If you are not putter... Because if, if you know that you're obligated to pay the money, you just got out on a technicality or a loophole, so you were not till you pay. Now, if you don't know, again, if it's a case of a suffix, and you really don't know, so then we have a concept of a 100%. That was the case we said in the last year. A one shar. Gordapara, you don't know. When did it give birth? When did it? All those cases, there's a real suffix. So then, Bezdin Paskins, I might have a Raya. But if I know I owe him the money, I just know he doesn't have enough proof to get it out of me, that doesn't patter me. That doesn't patter me. And therefore, you have this Chiv, Lotzes Yudei Shemayim. So that's the first, um, so to speak, it's not a real exception to the rule, but it's an understanding that I might have a is if it's true. But if you really know you owe the money, doesn't allow you to keep the money. Now we go to the next page. And the next page <coughs> says like this. There's a Mishnah in Bava Metziah. And the Mishnah says, um, the Mishnah says like this. Let's say a guy says to two people, you know, I stole money from one of you. But I'm not sure which one it was. I'm just not sure which one I stole from. Or, um, one of your fathers deposited money for me to watch. And here it is, $100. But I'm not sure which, who, who, which father it was. I don't know which of you was the one who gave me the money. So the commissioner says, He has to give to each one of them the $100. Listen, he came and admitted that he owes someone money, and the Gemara is going to explain what this means, but because of that, he's got to pay each of them a hundred. The Mishnah continues, Two people come to one person, one of them has a hundred dollars for him to watch, the other has two hundred dollars for him to watch. Then when they come back, no one remembers who was the two hundred guy and who was the one hundred guy. So the Tanakhama says, well, each of them, give each of them a hundred, and the third hundred, yei munach, Actually, Yahweh will come along and tell us who it belongs to. There's one guy here who didn't give the hundred, right? Now the Gemara is assuming that the guy knows that he's, he didn't give the two hundred. The Gemara is assuming that the guy knows. And if he knows, so what did he lose by making it swindling Taina? He's just, because he got his hundred dollars, right? He tried to get extra hundred. So Dr. Biaisi, no. Akol Yehimunach. Over here in this case, it's Yehimunah. So if there's Taka Swindler there, he's going to say, listen, it's not worth it for me to lose my hundred. On the sad chance, I'll get the two hundred. So hopefully he'll, 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 he'll admit. So if you go down to the Gemara, so the Gemara says, what's going on over here? Alma misveika mafkina mamayna. The guy says, I, owe, I know I owe a hundred to one of you. I don't know which one. So the bishop says, you have to pay them both. So misafik, 
you take money out of the person. What happened to the concept? I'm a muksuk. Prove to me which one it is, and I'll pay you. Why does he have to pay? Uramini, so the the the, uh, the Gemara says a stira. The end of the Mishnah, which talks about the 100, the 200, right? So what did we say in that case? We didn't say each one has to pay 200. We didn't say that he has to pay to each of them 200. We said each one he pays 100. So which one is it? Do I have to pay me Suffolk or do I not have to pay me Suffolk? L'chair, it's a stira, says the Gemara, between the two cases of the Mishnah. So the Gemara answers... You're asking a stira between a deposit and stealing. If the guy says, I stole it, so he did an iser. So the Rabbanan said, listen, now you want to come along and say, because it's a suffix, you don't have to pay? You stole something. So listen, we're going to penalize you. Because you stole, and now you don't know which person you stole from, you've got to pay them back both. But a pikadon, when they deposited money with me, I didn't do anything wrong. They deposited money, and now I'm not sure who, which one it is. So therefore, in that case, I don't have to pay out of my pocket anything extra. So then the Gemara says, but what do you mean? I could ask a stira pikadon to pikadon. Why? Because the Reisha also had a case of pikadon. One of your fathers deposited money. What did the Mishnah say? Got to pay them both. I, the second case, where one gave 100 and 200, so the third 100 is Yehei Munach, you don't have to pay out of your pocket, it's a stira. So Omar Rava, so Rava says, there's a difference. In the first case, one person deposited money there. If one person deposited money, that means to say that I have an achrayas to remember who deposited that money. It's my achrayas. I have to know that someone made me a shimer. It's my achrayas to know that. It's similar, says the Gemara, to two people who deposited money with me, but at separate times. So, you know, it's my, and then they come, and I say, well, I can't remember. What do you mean, can't remember? We trusted you. Each one of us trusted you. So if we trusted you, you you're, you're obligated to, 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 be, to be responsible. And if not, then you've got to pay us. But in the second case, when they both came at the same time, so they both came at the same time, says the Gemara, it's as if they trusted each other. Why are they coming at the same time and depositing money both at the same time? It means they trusted each other who's giving the 100 and who's giving the 200. If you trust each other, it's not my obligation to be so midactic on who gave what. It's your obligation to remember. So in that case, since it wasn't my obligation, because you trusted each other, so then I don't have to pay out of my pocket anything. So that's the Gemara. So if you look at Taisvis there on the side by the gray, Taisvis says, Lekach nira, Taisvis has problems. But Taisvis says, what is going on here? Taisvis bothered, what is going on over here? What happened to Moitzimechavarelavaraya? Didn't we say, yes, last uh, two days ago, it's so strong against the Rive, against the Bari, and all of a sudden you're telling me now, well, no, it's not so simple. There are cases you got to pay. Says Taisvis, Tekula Masnisin Airi Bivalotzis Yedei Shemayim. You're right. This Mishnah, there's no real obligation. It's a muksuk. You don't know who I owe the money to? 
So I don't have to pay till you prove it. Taisa says the Mishnah is talking about a concept, not the Lotzei Deshmaim we talked about a few minutes ago. That was when I know for sure I owed money and I was trying to weasel out of it. This is a different Lotzei Deshmaim. Someone here is missing money. Someone here is missing money, right? So Taisa says, so now it comes out, Taisa is giving a whole new look at the Mishnah. There's a concept of even when I'm not obligated, Shemayim wants me to go beyond the letter of the law. But not in every case. I'm not to go in every case. Anybody's missing money, I'm going to go pay them. The Gemara is now being mechalic. In cases where I was sort of responsible, because I should have been more careful, right? Because I should know who's depositing the money here, or I should know who I stole the money for, whatever it was. So in that case, there's a chi of Lotzei Shemayim. Why is it a chi of Lotzei Shemayim? Because I'm a little guilty here. Because I really should have been more responsible. In a case where it was your responsibility, when it was two people came together, I have nothing, I did nothing wrong in that case. I don't even have a chiyuv of Lotzei Siedei Shemayim. So according to this, according to this Taisvis, and according to this Gemara, we're introducing a new concept that Muchzuk loses to. doesn't really lose. It means the person is coming Lotzei Siedei Shemayim. And I found today, I found today, it's not in the Marmachimus here, but I found today, I'm sorry for in this week's parsha. I sent it to the person who's in charge of this program, Rabbi Fried, and I sent it to him. The Chassam Seifer writes on the words, Noyach ish sadik, tamim Says the Chassam Seifer that there is a story in the Gemara above a Kama, similar story. A chassid echad, he took from, from um, one of two people, uh, whatever he took over there, and he wasn't sure which one. So Rabbi Tarfin says, or he bought, I'm sorry, he bought something from someone. He hadn't paid yet. But he wasn't sure who sold it to him. So Rabbi Tarfin says, put the money down in the middle. Oh, Mistalik, can you go away? Let them fight it out. <laughs> They'll let them fight it out. So Taisva says, whoa, 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 slow down. What happened to Lot Sesidei Shemayim? Our Mishnah just said, and isn't he a chassid? A chassid's not going to be Lot Sesidei Shemayim? The Gemara calls him a chassid. That was Taisva's kasha there. So Taisva says, you're right. Reb Tarfin was telling him, there's two things. There's the din, and then there's the lots of Sidei Shemaim. You first have to know the halacha. The halacha is you're not obligated. But now, if you're a chassid, there's a concept of lots of Sidei Shemaim. Now, you have to figure out if that case, which is it similar to? Is it our case where he's a little responsible? Or he's not responsible at all? Could be in that case he's not responsible at all. They should know who's, who's the one sold it to him, and that's why maybe he's called a chassid. But my point is, there's this concept of knowing the din, and then Chazal wants you to be lots of Yudei Shemayim, in certain cases. So Chassam Seifer says that's the pshat. Ish tzadik tamim haya b'deraisav. He says that Noyach was um, a tzadik. Tamim haya b'deraisav. Meaning, he was a tzadik, not a chassid. He wasn't a chassid. Tzadik means he did the letter of the law. So he knew what to do with the letter of the law. But then, Esolikim Yisalech Noyach. But then Nayak was also worried about Esolikim, Bolotse Sidei Shemayim, the Lashon of Esolikim, Lios Noki, Me'ain Shemayim. He wants to be with Hashem. So that's when he did the Fenim Mishur Sadin. But it's two stages. There's the Halacha, and then there's Bolotse Sidei Shemayim. Just a Geshmaka, some cipher I saw this morning, which fit very well into here. So that is now the second um, qualification, so to speak, in 
what we had a lot of Maitzimecha Verla Varaya. If you turn to the next page, number 14. Number 14 is the Gemara Baba Basra on the bottom. And the Gemara Baba Basra over there says like this. Um, and that is, the Gemara is talking about over there where, um, where um, uh, uh, children are dividing up an estate, their father's estate. So the Gemara says, let's say one of the children bought a field on the border of the Yerusha that they were Yerush. They were Yerush a field that they're going to divide up. A bunch of fields that say they're going to divide up. And he bought one on the border. So when they come to divide it up, he says, listen, usually we divide up with a lottery. Right? We'll make a lottery, divide into portions, we'll pick it out. But I have a vested interest in getting the field that's on the border. So I would like you to give up your right to the lottery so I should have this field that's on my border. So the Gemara says, Rabbah says, There's a concept of stein. Stein means that I don't want to do things even though I get no benefit out of it. So here, why would the, all the other brothers care? Why do they care? They're anyways getting a, the draw of the lot, right? What do they care? So, so it's the luck of the draw, right? So it, what does it bother them that he gets the field on the, on, the, uh, on the border? So you force them. You force them to give up their rights. So Gemara Rabbi Yisra says, no, what do you mean? It's not true. Every field has a mile and a chisar into it. And they could say, listen, that field is a very valuable field. Maybe it produces better. It might produce better. So we're not, it's not stoim here. We have a reason why I want to get, maybe I want to get that field through the lottery. So it's not stoim because I have a reason why I might want it. So the Rabbi Yosef says, you don't have to give up your right. And the Gemara says, halacha Rabbi Yosef. Or the Gemara says like this, another case of kaifen almida stoim. And that is that um, there are two fields and um, And each, um, each, each field has like a reservoir next to it for, to water it. Okay, so really each field is equal. And again, one of them has a field near one of the fields. So he comes along and says, listen, why should we make a lottery? Give me the field next to my field. And there's no difference between the fields. Each one has its own well. There's no problem. So again, Rabbi says, Kaifen on me this time. Force him to give up his right. Says Rabbi Yosef, no, what do you mean? Maybe one of the uh, wells is going to dry up. You don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So it's not fair. He could say, I'm afraid that one will dry up. I don't want to give up my right. So therefore, And the Gemara brings another case as well. So the point is over here that you see the concept that there are times when I have something that I have a right to. I have a right to it. But since... By me giving up my right, it benefits someone and I don't lose, I'm obligated to give up my right. So even though the concept of a again, it's not the exact case of a but like we said, is built on the foundation that what's mine is mine. And no one has the right to take it from me. But you see here that there are situations where you have a bona fide right to something and Chazal come along and say, no, we force you to give up your right to benefit someone else if you're not going to lose. So that is another qualification, not in the specific but in the general concept of what's mine is mine. 
Okay, now let's go to the next page. The next page says a very interesting story. The end of the Pei Gimel Amad Aleph on page 15. The verse has a story there. Rabbi Barbarchana hired some workers to carry a barrel for him. And they broke the barrel. And they broke the barrel. They were negligent and they broke the barrel. So what did he do? Shakal Aglimayu. So he took their coat as payment. So they came crying to Rav. He took our coat. So Rav says, give it back. So Rav says, Dina Hachi, is that the law? What do you mean? They're Pesheya, they owe me money. So I'm relay in, yeah. Because there's Allah Kuan Laman Telech Bederach Taibim. Go in the way of good people. You have these poor people over here schlepping for you, and now you're going to go take the coat away from them? Got to give it back. Okay. So then, so he gave it back. So then the workers came and said, but we're poor. And a whole day we worked for this guy, for Rabbi Barbachana, not a guy, for Rabbi Barbachana, we worked for him. And now he's not going to pay us our wages because we broke the barrel. So let him pay us our wages for the day for working. So, you know what Rav said? Yeah, Zil Havagrayu. Got to go pay them. That's the halacha? It's not enough that I'm not being paid for my lost barrel. I have to pay them for the work? So you have a Pasuk over here, and this Pasuk is where? This is a Pasuk in Mishlei. So, again, there's a legal right. There's a legal right. They were Pesheya. They were negligent. They broke it. It means they owe them the money. They don't have money to pay. Take their shirt. But Rav told them, listen, there's a concept of, the first Pasuk was, It's not the way to deal with it. These are poor people here. Then they don't, they're going to come home with no money for food for supper because they, they worked the whole day for zero. You have to pay them. Is that the halacha? It's not the halacha. They didn't do the job. They didn't do the job. They don't get paid. But yes, that is the halacha. So on the bottom they call this, the way they say this, they call it a moral perspective. Sometimes there's a moral perspective when the situation calls for it that overrides the legal rights. It's very similar to Balat Shemayim, but it's a little different. And again, there's a concept, and it's a very important thing also, because there's the concept of din, and there's the concept of tztaka. Tztaka, mishpat, mishpat, tztaka, you find by David HaMelech, by Avram Avinu. There's the concept of both of them. And truthfully, they don't mix with each other. And that goes back to the Chassam Seifer. You have to know what the din is, mitzad mishpat. Then there's the world of there's the world of that's a whole different world now you might even be forced to do that world right Rav told him he's got to pay there's a concept of being forced we didn't have yet that you force a guy to do it right he should come in certain situations so this idea last time we were very much that my money's my money and no one can take it away from me. That all is in the box called mishpat. When you get out of that box, again, remember, because we live in the world of the Rabbani Shalom, and the world of the Rabbani Shalom, it's not only about the money. It's also about Orcha Sadikim Tishmar, Laman Bederach Toivim. There's a Ben Adam Lechavere here as well that we're Mixing but not mixing. Because like Chassam Seifer says, you got to know what the halach is and you got to know what... And in fact, we know that when it comes, Rashi brings us down in Chumash, that a Dayan is not allowed to say, oh, that guy's rich and that guy's poor. 
I'm going to say he's chayiv, even though he's not, so the rich guy should be mefarnes, the ani. Adayin is not allowed to say that. It's a problem of, of, a, of, a, of a mishpah checker, right? That's a beferish apostle, and Rashi brings it down. So, so well, how does that fit into here? The teretz is, in the world of the dayan and the mishpat, there's what the halacha is. If afterwards then we pass in the halacha, now Bezdin says, okay, now there's a new thing. The guy's a poor guy, right? Got to take care of him. That's a new thing. Maybe you can take it off your miser account. You know, maybe that's enough kamina. If you owe the guy money, you can't take it off your miser account. So that is another qualification here in the halacha of Hamaitzimei Chaver Lavaraya and the halacha of owning your own money. And we'll just end off with one last thing. This concept, and that's on the next page, of Lifnim Mishuras Hadin, doing things beyond the letter of the law, which some of the things we talked about is referring to that. So, as I mentioned before, Bezdin could even force you to do Lifnim Mishuras Hadin. And again, you say, one second, that doesn't make any sense. If the letter, I got to do what my mitzvah is, right? Is Bezdin going to force me to buy the most beautiful esrog in town? I mean, it's in the midst of that. If I want to get a hindrance, Bezdin doesn't force me to do beyond the letter of the law. No, when it comes to monetary issues, we see from these Gemaras that yes, Bezdin could force you if they feel that this is the proper thing. Alpi das their das they could force you. And that's the Shulchan Aruch here in Simon Yud Beis. Um, on page number 16, the Ramah says, Bezdin can't force you to do Lufnim Sadin, even though they think it's the right thing. And there are those who argue. And on the bottom, there's a little thing in the Pischei Tshuva there, the third wide line, he brings the Bach, Ayin Bach, the Bach says, we pass him like the Yesh Chalkim, that we force a person to do lifnim mishuras hadin im hayechaylis biyaday lasayshu asher if he's able to do it because he's a rich person. Obviously, if a guy can't afford it, it that's not fair. Why you take away from him to give to somebody else? But if he could afford it, because of the chayneagim mechol bezin yisrael, this is a minig in all bezin yisrael lokuf la asher bedavui beroi venakan to force the rich guy. When something is proper, the Afal Pishain Hadin came. Might not be the din, but if Nimishurus Hadin Bezdin Paskins to do that. Now there's just to qualify that, there's a Tzemach Tzedek they bring here a long chuva in the in the page 18, 19, and this is also a case that's common. It's happened here before this case. Let's say someone finds money in the street, right? And has a simon on it. But it's Roy Vacuum. Most people in that pass by there are Goyim. So even if something has a simon, we say the person gave up because he thinks a guy is going to find it. Right? So the halacha is that he's not really mechuyiv to give it back. But if he's an asher or enoy ani, let's say he's a, the, the Tzemach Tzedek says, if the person is not an ani and he found this purse and it has sim on him and really you're right, he doesn't have to give it back. However, he has to give it back because of the Mishuras Hadin. Again, you notice he said, if he's not an Ani, if he's an Ani and this is like a windfall for him, so he's not Mechayiv too. But in cases where he's able to give it back, 
There's a concept of Nimishuras Hadin, And we force a guy to do Lifnimishuras Hadin. Now the Tamach Sadik says, Oh, but it's a big machlaikis. He wants to say, not everyone agrees this, he wants to say what it means to say that we the 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 machlaikis of whether we force him or not means to say, does Bezdin do things actively to force him? Like in the olden days they could beat him up or they could physically take it away from him. That's the machlaikas if you force him. But everybody agrees that you cajole him and you convince him and you put him on a guilt trip and he'll say, you're forcing me. You're right, I'm forcing you. That's not the machlaikas in the Ramah. Everybody agrees you do your best to force him with words to give it back, to do lifnim mishur The only machlaikas is, could you whack him or, or take it away from him against his will? That's the machlaikas. But everyone agrees this is the right thing to do and you force him with words to do the right thing to do. So there's this concept of lifnim mishur So you'll have, you know, so when you learn the Gemaras above a Kam, above Metziah, all these cases where Harelu Shalei, Harelu Shalei, Harelu Shalei, that's all in the world of Mishpat. But then Bezdin has a right to force you. Again, it's based on the circumstances. Is he rich? Is he poor? Could he afford it? What's the situation? Besides your own personal situation of which may apply in certain cases, may not apply. So there's a lot more to the sugya of when you're chayev and when you're putter, besides for it's mine, I own it, I'm a muqsa, kamaitzmechelavaraya. We see that there's many more situations here where it's possible a person. Either between him and Shemayim, or even Bezdin could force him to do Lifnim Mishuris Hadin. So that is, gives us an insight here into sort of the obligations a person has in many different situations. And that is um, the sugya here of this week of the Mishpatea moment. And Bez Hashem, next week begins. For the next three weeks, we are going to go through the sugya of Gezel. You can see in the front of the book, there's all the different. Uh, Different things we're going to talk about next week is going to be the Gedder of Gazel, less than a Shabbaprutas, Nagar Parshas Nayak a little bit, stealing Almanas to pay, um, different, different Shilas like that, and eventually we'll go into other cases of Gazel, copyright issues, and uh, things like that in the next coming weeks. Bazas Hashem. Okay.